Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Today I want to talk to you about a mighty God. And I want to awaken our spirits to this side of God. And I want, to, I want to come at it from a parallel approach. Number one, that we understand that this is a central part of God's nature. It's a little bit uh, counter to a lot of times how we view God, but it, it should not be. So I want to correct. I want to bring us course correction here that God is a mighty God. God is a conquering God, and his nature is to conquer His nature is to not be defeated. His nature is to not tolerate defeat. He's not good with stuff that comes into your life and is defeating you. That is not God's way to just kind of acquiesce. He's not an acquiescent God and just waiting for the thing to die on its own. No, he's going to kill it. He's a conquering God. And then number two, this other parallel thing that you need to understand is that your faith will reflect that understanding is that my faith needs to grow and be a strong faith in a conquering God because he is a mighty God. And if my faith is only in uh, the, 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 the kind, soft, warm, you know, fuzzy edges of, of biblical truth, then, then your faith is going to just kind of not ever accomplish anything because God's over here waiting to, to straighten things out. And he wants to use you. But your faith has to be strong. Your faith has to reflect that. So there are some verses here in the Old Testament, and I could, I could bring us to 40 of them. Because like I say, this is a central part of God's nature. And when you open the Old Testament, you begin to read through the New Testament even, you see a God that is very powerful. In fact, he is the almighty God. And he desires to show himself strong, not just to you, but to the, to the earth to humankind. God wants us to know he is a mighty, eternal God. And so in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, as Isaiah is prophesying about the Lord to come, Jesus Christ, he says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. And here are these four names that we see in Isaiah. God has names in the Bible, but these are the four names that Isaiah shouts out. Uh, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, this is a legal name. He is, he is a counselor. He is a righteous judge. It's kind of a legal term. He will advocate for you in righteousness. He, he is a lawgiver, but he is also a law enactor. He is a law, you know, judge. And so, in your case, he is going to judge righteously for you, which is so awesome that I have him as an advocate to stand in the court of heaven and say, no, this is my son. Amen. And so he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God, and we're going to get into this. He's the everlasting father. Or the Bible sometimes uh, puts the words in front of each other, but he's, he's an eternal God, or he is the God of eternal. He is the creator. He's the father of eternity. See, God not only created time, within which we live, but he also created eternity. God created everything. And this, the Bible here is saying that he's the father of everlasting, father of eternity, and he's the prince of peace. 
And that word peace is prosperity. He is the, he is the prince of fulfillment, of, of prosperity, of goodness, of completeness in your life. And so, so a lot of times, you know, we, we try to sometimes just water it down. He's a peaceful God. But he is a God of prosperity as well. He, he, God is for goodness. He is for your family. He is for their success. He is for blessing. Now, there are other gods, false gods in the world that want you to be cast into poverty. And you can go into different societies throughout the world and see the God that they serve somehow is not working. Because there's abject poverty and destruction and war and civil junk and everything. I, I, I want you to know, though, that's not God. God is the prince of peace. I pray you have the prince of peace in your house. Amen? But God is a mighty God. And it's not that he never gets angry. You touch his kids and see if you don't see another side of God begin to rise up. You touch his bride and see if you don't see another side of God begin to rise up. All of a sudden, you will see an angry God, and you don't want to be on that side of him, but he can conquer. You blaspheme his name. You blaspheme the church. You blaspheme the truth, and see if God doesn't say, there, there's, I'm going to straighten that thing out. Amen? I, I was... I was almost going to say, God will come and, and let you know the other side of that. You, you can slander, but God will straighten that thing back out. You can come against the Holy Spirit. You can make fun of the Holy Spirit, but God will not tolerate it. God will not tolerate when you slander the bride or come against his kids. And so let me just, let me just pause here and, and, and let me let you know, you are his kids. You are his kids. So when you go into a workplace and, you know, people are picking on you and everything, you just need to tell, say quietly, see that, God? <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> but I want to continue. But just keep that in the back of your mind. You do, you are God's child. You do walk with him. Can you say amen? Now, when, when I introduce you to the, this whole idea of God is a mighty God, he's a conquering God, a lot of times it seems a little bit foreign because how we are introduced to the Lord is sometimes is where our faith is at. In other words, we believe in the God we know. And when you first are introduced to the Lord, you're introduced to the forgiving God, the merciful God, the God that embraces, the God that reaches out, the God that redeems. But I want you to know that is, that is what happens when you meet God. You meet that side of God, and it is awesome. But there is another side. There's, there's more to God than that, just that initial impression of God. So as your faith grows, as your Christianity grows, you become more mature, and you begin to see other things. And God begins to open your eyes. He gives you a revelation of himself that is deeper than that first revelation of just a loving father. There's more to God than just that. You know, when the centurion came to Jesus, he, he asked him to come and, uh, and heal his servant. But rather than go to my house, just say the word. And he explains to Jesus, because I understand, I'm a, I'm a man of authority. When I tell one person go, he goes. Another person come, he comes. So I understand what authority is. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus was marveled because he said, I have not seen this kind of faith in all Israel. 
This is a faith in the authority that Christ had. See, he was walking as, 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 as you know, just a loving, merciful, changing water into wine and, and that kind of thing. And all of a sudden the centurion says, speak the word. And then the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water and he spoke to the wind and to the waves, peace. Wow. The, the disciples were like, oh my goodness, he's bigger than the world. He's able to command the wind and the waves and they begin to see another side of God. I want to introduce you to the side of God, as you begin to walk in him, you will see that he is a mighty God. He is a conquering God. He is a God that is ready to rise up. He is a God that is ready to defend you. He's a God that is ready to walk side by side with you. And so if you could get a picture of God, a lot of times people have a picture of God a little bit like uh, Santa Claus, you know, kind of sitting there, he's not in a red thing, but he's kind of has a white beard and all that kind of thing. I want you to know that is not how God looks. If you look in the book of Revelation, he is on a white horse and he is not to be messed with. Fire coming out of his eyes, a sword of the spirit, amen? He's in full battle array. God walks in your life and walks with you in full battle array. And you have to understand that God wants you to learn this whole warrior side of God so that you can be that too. Not everything just needs to be able to waltz into your life and take over because it has to first come through you and God who is with me. Can you say amen? So my question to you is, do you have a faith that knows how to battle? Do you have a faith that knows how to battle? Do you have a faith that knows how to stand up? And fight for what's right. Because God wants your faith to be strong, not weak. God wants you to be strong, not weak. God wants you to have a conviction. He wants you to have a backbone. He wants you to have vision. He wants you to have a voice. God doesn't want you to be weak. He wants you to be strong. But a lot of times our faith is a reflection of how we see God. I don't know. I... I think I might be able to convince him. He doesn't really like to move that much. I have to use a crowbar to kind of get God to kind of move in my life. That's not God. Your faith is in something wrong. Amen? God's ready to move. God is ready to act. God is ready to, to fight. God is ready to stand up with you and next to you. You do not have to coax God. you got to coax yourself. Can you say amen? My faith, Lord, needs to grow. Let me ask you, do you have a faith that knows how to battle? In Judges, the third chapter, it says this in verse 1. These are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. And he did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not had previous battle experience. God is telling Israel, after Joshua was passing on and passing away, you're going to move forward, but, but the descendants that have not had battle experience, I'm going to leave some enemies in the land because they need to know how to fight. And I want to announce to you, Christian, you need to know how to fight in the Spirit. You need to know how to bring a battle for your house, for your home, for your future. Amen? You need to know how to speak. And God is with you. You have a faith that believes that God is a mighty God. He is an all-powerful God. You know, what did Jesus tell the disciples in the book of Acts? Wait here until the spirit of power comes on you. 
then you will be my witnesses. Then you will be bold. Then you will be unafraid. Until then, go cower in the upper room. And I, and I, 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 I just wanted to give you a picture. They were afraid. When, when they ran from the tomb and, and, and went to the disciples, they were all afraid. And she's knocking on the door, let me in. I want you to know that, that the revelation comes by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know something? That God is a powerful God. God is a mighty God. In Psalm 144, it says this in verse 1, Praise be to the Lord my, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. God trains my hands for war. Do you have a faith that can know how to battle for the things that you should have in your house? You should have in your family. You should have in your future. Do you have a faith that knows how to war for this stuff? In Joshua, the Lord says, No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, God was a warrior with Moses. Amen? The Lord is a warrior. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. So be strong and courageous. Be strong, be strong. A lot of times we focus on the word courageous. I believe you need to have courage, but God is saying, don't be weak, Joshua. The enemies that come against you, I will be with you as I was with Moses. Amen? And church, can I tell you something? God will be with you the way he was with Moses. God will be with you the way he was with Joshua. God wants to be with you so that you know and understand that this is, this is what salvation is. That not only am I mercifully forgiven, but now I walk in with a mighty God in authority. Like that song that we were just singing. I walk in authority because I walk with the Lord. And then in Deuteronomy, God is saying this to the Israelites. When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt with a mighty hand, will be with you. When you see an army come against you. Now let me tell you something, church. There will be things that will rise up against you. There will be enemies that you will have. And, and just like he told the Israelites, there will be enemies that, that will test you. But you're going to become battle experienced. You're going to have a faith that believes in a mighty God. And so I, I put a list of things here together that you, you might have to fight for. See, because not everything is handed to you. You might have to fight for some of these things. And so I put this list here. Um, this is the lane that I want to run in. If, if you can see from the balcony, prosperity, healing, strong marriage, children that serve the Lord, happiness, peace, boldness, generosity. I want to run in that lane. See, I believe that God has that for me. But I might have to fight for prosperity. Because it might not just land in me. In fact, I might have had a, a curse of poverty that keeps trying to come on me. Keeps trying to come in. Keeps trying to convince me. Keeps trying to speak to me. A, a curse that you'll never get out of here. You'll never get out from underneath. You, you, you know, your family has always been, and you've always been here, and you've never been able. And I might have that curse try to come over me, but guess what? I might have to fight for prosperity and fight against poverty. I might have to fight against it. I want you to know something. God wants you to win against this because you will win it for you, for your house, for your children, and your children's children. Can you say amen? amen? See, sometimes people almost don't even believe that God is a God of prosperity, that he is a prince of peace. 
you know, I mean, I really don't need anything. I don't need money. I don't really need a nice car. I don't need a new car. I don't need a great job. I don't, I don't need a raise. I, I don't need, I don't need a, a, an apartment. I don't need a chair. I don't, I don't need. Oh, how far are you going to go before you've convinced yourself that this curse is yours and it cannot be conquered? It cannot be defeated. Because I want you to know something. God is not for your poverty. God is for your prosperity. But he will not do it by himself. I'm telling you, God is in full battle array. But he's looking at you. Poverty's knocking on the front door and he's looking at you. Are you going to open a door and, and, and whoop this thing's butt? Because I'm not going to do it by myself. Oh, God, you know, I got this rotten job, and I got this rotten paycheck, and I got this rotten apartment, and I got a rotten car, I got a rotten life, God. What are you going to do about it? God is like, I'll work with you, but I am not going to do this for you. Do you have battle experience? Do you have a faith that is strong? Do you have a sense of what is right? I want you to stand up and begin to speak it. I want you to stand up and begin to fight. And as soon as you begin to stand up, God says, I'm with you. This poverty should not be on your door. I remember years ago, Nancy and I, we were uh, serving the Lord, tithing. We were faithful and all that and, uh, and, and, and serving God in his house and so forth. But we were, we, were, we were flat broke. We had no money. We didn't have two nickels to rub together. And we were trying to save for a house. We were trying to save for up for a house, but we had no savings at all. And one thing after another kept collapsing. One thing after another kept going wrong. One thing after another, car kept breaking. Then this kept happening, and that bill came due. And, and we just could not, and we, were, we both had good jobs. We could not get, get out from underneath this thing. And I remember kneeling down and praying and saying, God, this, this crush of, of our financial pressure is overwhelming. And I remember God opened my mind up and he said, there is a spirit of poverty that has camped over your house. And I saw like a dark cloud that was clamped down, an entity, a power that was over my house. And when God showed me that picture, it was like a revelation. I, I understood things on a more spiritual level that this thing can come if I don't take authority over it. And so I rose up in prayer and I began to speak against it. And I began to say, this should not be. We are children of God. We're serving the Lord. We're in his house. We're tithing. We have a good job. We, we got stuff we need to do. The same thing with disease. Wants to come to your house. I got news for you. Stand up and fight against this thing because God's promise is healing for you. God's promise is health for you. Can you say amen? Your marriage God wants you to have a strong marriage, but divorce will come knocking on your door and God is going to stand there and say, what are you going to do about it? Because you can, you can acquiesce to this thing. You don't know if God's a conquering God. You don't know if this thing is here to be defeated. I remember one time I was talking with somebody in my office. And when, I'll tell you, when people start to tell you about how terrible their marriage is and they need to be divorced, when I tell you it is absolutely convincing because it's a spirit. I listen to her, and she tells me all about the husband, and I'm thinking, this guy is bad. <laughs> Divorce him as soon as you can. I'll, I'll do it now. <laughs> I'll pronounce it. But before I do, let me talk to him. So he comes in. He starts to tell me, and I'm like, oh, man, she is bad. 
whoo, man, you guys should get divorced now. But I hold my peace and I say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me, God. What is going on? I can't help these people. I'm going to punch him out and, and, and call the cops on her. And then all of a sudden I hear the Lord say it is a spirit. It's an entity. It has, it has put its tentacles into every single aspect of their lives. You can't even untangle this thing. It is so entangled that you're convinced there's no way these guys should be married. And they're convinced. They're convinced. But it's a spirit. It's a spirit. And all of a sudden this thing rises up in, in me and I say, Get her back in here. Listen, you guys made vows. You love each other. You guys stood before God. You, 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 you consecrated a holy covenant. We will not breach that thing. We will pray right now and begin to pray. And I'll tell you, all of a sudden you, you, you find yourself saying, I come against the spirit of divorce. I can tell you, I remember the couple. I remember when it happened. I remember the prayer. And it, when I said I come against that spirit of divorce, it was like I heard a thunder clap in the spirit. It was like an electric zap. Something happened. And I thought to myself, whoa, did you guys just feel that? But I didn't. I didn't say anything. I said amen. The next day, this woman called me and she said, I cannot believe something has lifted off of our home. Do you know what she said to me? She said, do you remember when you were praying and she said, you said, I come against the spirit of divorce. She said, I felt something snap. I felt something break. And I, I'm telling you, I felt the exact same thing. When I tell you something, church, Divorce is a spirit, and as a man or woman of God, you need to begin to stand up against this thing and say, my God is a mighty God, and with the voice of authority, I will battle against this thing in the mighty name of Jesus. I won't agree with it. You hear some people talk about their marriage. Well, I'll tell you, it's bad. It's really bad. I'll tell you, it's, it's you know, I, I, I thought it was bad. It's worse than it's ever been. She's bad. I'm bad. They're bad. We're bad. She, stop, stop confessing that over your life. Amen? God has something for you. But divorce will try to come against every marriage. Hello? Divorce will try to come against every marriage. You're not the only one. The devil will tell you, but you deserve to be happy. That's a lie from the devil. You will be happy. Amen? Together. Married. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve. <laughs> but you got to battle. And it's not just the woman that battles. It's the man that battles too. Can you say amen? you got to battle for your children. You got to stand up against the world. The world has a word for your kids, but you come against it. I got another word for my kids. Amen. The world has a culture for your kids. I got another culture in my house for my kids. I got another prophetic word over them. Amen. The world might have something to say during the day and at school and all that other stuff, but I got something else to say as I lay them down in bed and I speak over them. I'm a man of war and battle. And I will battle for my kids. Happiness and depression. Depression comes. Knocks on the door. 
I well, just thought I would come in and tell you, I know it's lonely. I know it's dark. I know there's no hope. I know there's no future. I know you can't fly. I know you can't work. I know you can't. I'm here to depress you. And the Lord says, get in here. We're going to kill this thing. But I need you to stand up and start to speak against this thing. Amen. God has, God has ordained that my house would be happy. My mind would be f- healthy. I come against depression. I come against anxiety. I come against fear. I pray God makes me bold. Amen? That I'm bold. And I want to give you these three aspects in the way, we're going to live this list up, but I want to give us three aspects in the, in the way our faith needs to operate. And number one, we need to begin to speak our faith. Speak it. Let it come out of your mouth. What, what do you believe about your marriage? What do you believe about your prosperity? What do you believe about the way things should be? I need to begin to speak this because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. And if in your heart you think God is weak, you think he's distant, you think he's uh, semi-retired, if you think God is way over there in the distant then your faith is going to reflect that. But if you believe God is a warrior, he is there for your house, he is there for you, amen, he's there for your marriage, he's there for your kids, you're going to begin to speak it. You know something? I believe God has good things for me, for my house, for this year. Can you say amen? Amen. And I'm going to begin to speak. You know, we we always had a rule in our house. We never are going to mention the word divorce. We're not going to give that thing a foothold. We're not going to give it a seed. Amen? I'm not going to get divorced. I don't care how bad you get. (laughs) I'm not going to get divorced. You know, but then she says, me, what about you? (laughs) You need to speak it. I need to speak about happiness and against depression. Depression is not for me. Depression will come, but I'm going to speak against it. I'm going to speak against it. And I'm not saying it's magic, but I'm saying I got to watch what's coming out of my mouth. If everything coming out of my mouth is full of fear, well, guess what happens? I'll never be bold. I'll never be bold. I can't go in an elevator. I can't go in the office. I can't go on an airplane. I can't go to the theater. I can't go to a ball game. I can't go anywhere. I can't. I just shouldn't. It's not that I can. I just shouldn't. No, no. Wait a second. I think there's something else coming out of your mouth. Don't speak that. Speak the other. Amen? I can go wherever God sends me. You know, amen? I will not be afraid. I don't want you to make me afraid. I remember one time, I don't want to tell you the whole story, but we, we, we were going to have the, the power team come here, big strong guys that bend metal and break things and, you know, power lift and all that stuff. We were going to have them come. And uh, a pastor friend of mine said, you have those guys come because the, the, the main guy just got a divorce and married his 21-year-old secretary. And I said, they're coming next month. I said, I did not know this. So I called the guy up on the phone, and I said, uh, listen, uh, big, powerful, almighty, whoever you are. I said, uh, we really uh, uh, believe in family here. And I said, uh, well, he says, well, people get divorced all the time. I said, yeah, I know, but you married a 21-year-old secretary. And uh, I says, they don't do that all the time, do they? Well, no, sometimes they do, and he starts to tell me. But he says to me, he says, listen, we have a contract. It is signed. If you break the contract, he says, uh, we're just going to come after you legally. I said, you know something? You're trying to make me afraid. I do not like to be made afraid. I said, you say whatever you want to say. You ain't coming here. Amen? <laughs> Click. You've got to be able to stand up and say, I know what fear is. I know what it sounds like. You're not going to make me afraid. 
Amen? You need to speak it. And then secondly, you need to be able to live it. I'm going to live this thing. I'm going to live as a bold man. I'm going to live as a bold woman. I'm going to live as a Christian. I'm not going to be afraid to mention the Bible. I'm not going to be afraid to mention the Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm not going to be, able, I'm not going to be afraid to mention Jesus. You know, I, I want to say I love God. God can be anything. God can be a flower. God can be a garage. It, God can be anything, you know. Wait a second. No, I want to say Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, King of Kings. Amen? I want to say Jesus, if you don't mind. I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed of saying the name Jesus. He is God. Can you say amen? Right when you go to stop saying the name of Jesus, let it come out. Just let it come out. I believe in the Bible. I believe what the Bible says. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in speaking in tongues. I mean, I, I don't go at the bus stop and tell everybody all this stuff all at once, but I am not afraid to say something about the things of God. I'm not afraid. Can I tell you something? This is a revelation to some of you. This is the greatest book ever written. Every single word of it is from God. I believe every single word of it. And I believe all the warnings that are in the Bible. The Bible gives us all kinds of warnings. Be careful of this. You know, the Bible talks about fornication. We don't even know what fornication is now. I mean, we're so far down the road. Fornication, that's nothing. That, everybody's fornicating, you know. But, but I want you to know, no, no, it's, we're warned about it in the Bible. The Bible says, let there not be the hint of sexual immorality. I believe the Bible. I believe its warnings. Let me be bold and say I believe the Bible. Amen? And then, finally, you need to present it. You need to speak it. You need to live it. But then you need to present it to God. Lord, here is why. You know, it's so incredible about this prayer from Hezekiah in the Old Testament. Uh, Sennacherib, the, the, the king of the Assyrians, was camped outside Israel, and they were going to invade Jerusalem. And they told Hezekiah, you are toast. We are coming in with the whole Assyrian army, and you and all you Israelites are toast. And so they were camped as far as the eye could see up on the hills. And so they brought this letter to Hezekiah. Hezekiah takes the letter into the temple of God, and he spreads it out on the altar. And he says, Lord, read about this. Lord, what do you think of this letter? Cursing you. Cursing your people, cursing this nation, and, and coming against us, God. What do you think of this letter? And Isaiah was the prophet at the time, and he says, here's what God thinks about that letter. And he begins to prophesy, this guy is toast, not you. But what I love about it is God wants to have a conversation with you. God asks his prophets over and over again, what do you see? Now, I know you want a new job, but Why? I know you want a raise, but why should you get a raise? As I begin to present to God my thinking on this, here's why I need my health, God. Amen? This is why I need my health. Because there are things I must do. This is why I need 2022. There are things I must do. And, 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 and the world is trying to say, you need to be very afraid of 2022. Well, I, I, I can't, I don't have time to be afraid because I need it. There's a lot of things I need to get done in 2022. You better get over here. Amen. I need you to serve me. You know, when I broke my neck and I was lying in the woods and I knew I broke my neck and I was thinking about what does my future hold for me, I felt like the Lord was saying, it's not your time. You need to be a grandfather to your grandsons, so I, I, I'm not going to take you right now. 
In other words, there are, there are reasons why you are who you are, where you are. Amen? And, and, and the reason our prayers are ineffective is because we don't have any presentation to God whatsoever. We say to God, God, if you could please come in and do something in my jaws, my life, and my marriage, and kids running around, my refrigerator broken. God, I, that's not a prayer. That's not a prayer. <laughs> that is a whine. That's a whine. A prayer is when you say, God, this is what's going on. This is what should not be happening to a child of God. These are my children. They should be safe. They should be healthy. They should be strong. This is why I need a raise. This is why I, 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 I need to go here and I need to do this and I need to do that. And God is saying, what do you see? In 2022, what do you see? What do you need? Where are you going? What's in your way? What shouldn't be? God, I should not be afraid. I'm afraid everywhere I go. I'm afraid everything I see. I'm afraid every person I look at. The, the, the whole world is filled with fear. This should not be God. Well, what would you like to see? Here's what I would like to see, God. Can you say amen? amen. Can I tell you something? I want to say this for myself, but I want to say it for the nation. I want to say it for America. God, this is what should be. I want to pray for the president. Say, God, bring your power into the White House. Bring your power into the Senate. Not many amens on that, but listen. <laughs> I feel like the Democrats are the Romans and the Republicans are the Pharisees. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jesus is in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you can have them, <laughs> but you need to have a word, and you need to know God is not on the sideline not knowing what to do. God is not a, a doofus on the sideline not confused. God is standing ready in battle array, and he's saying, what do you want to do, son? What do you want to do in your house? What do you want to do in your marriage? What do you want to do? What do you want to see in your kids? Amen? Do you have a thought? Do you have an idea? Do you have a reason? Do you have any intellect? Stand up and talk to God about it because I want you to know God wants to hear. And it's not until you start to talk in those terms that God says, well, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we need to do. First thing you need to do is you need to quit that stupid job. You need to do this and you need to do that. And you need to go back to school or you need to do. God will begin to answer you when you begin to speak to him. Not when you just whine. Oh, God. Stinks. This whole thing stinks. That's not a prayer. Can you say amen? You got to present it to the Lord. And then you become an ambassador. I want to I finish by saying this. If you have a faith that is in a mighty God, it will look like that on you. The whole world is searching for people who are bold, who have a conviction who live by a truth. The whole world is looking for the church to not be in the background, but to be up front and up in the center. The world is looking for a strength, a pillar, a beacon. The world is searching. It's looking. If the people of God cower back, shrink back, have no idea, have no input, are not bold, are, are, are afraid to, then then. 
What is the Holy Spirit anointing us to do? Can you say amen? Church, front and center, in society, not afraid, not afraid to be bold, not afraid to be insulted. You can tell me your junior high insult. It doesn't bother me. I still believe in God. I believe in the church. I believe in the Lord. Amen. And I believe that God has things for me in my life, and I'm going to stand up for it, and I'm going to pray it, and I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to walk in it. And I will not walk sheepish. I'm going to walk bold. And as I do, people are going to say there is an ambassador of something else. There is an ambassador of something powerful. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.